Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. Welcome, GT Podcast listeners. We're back for another exciting episode of our 2020 Going Global with America's Best Cities series. I'm your host, Eric Kleinsorge, and today we're heading to the great state of Florida, specifically Tampa Bay, Florida. Today, we're going to dive in and take a look at one of our regions that made our 2019 Best Global Cities Awards and have separated themselves with honors of being one of the most capable connected, and logistically versatile ports in the country. I'm especially pleased to have a group of individuals with us here today, which I would consider experts on the region. First, we have Mike Midell. Mike is the director of Pinellas County Economic Development since August of 2004. Mike's been involved in economic development since 1982 with organizations such as Duke Energy, Clearwater Chamber of Commerce, and is a graduate of Economic Development Institute at the University of Oklahoma and a certified economic developer, better known as a CECD. Congratulations on that, Mike. That's a tough award. And we also have Steve Moray. Steve is the Senior Vice President of Business Development for Tampa Bay EDC. Steve has been in the economic development industry for more than 10 years in both Florida and the Midwest. And prior to economic development, Steve enjoyed a successful career in banking and commercial finance, serving in such roles at, for Transamerica, Deutsche Bank, and National City Corporation. And finally, we have Bill Cronin. Bill joined the Pasco EDC as president CEO as of January 2016. He has a long career in economic development spanning 25 years in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina and South Carolina, and Bill holds a bachelor's degree in international affairs and political science, as well as a certificate in Asian studies from Michigan State University. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad Thank to be you. here. Glad to be here. It's always exciting when we get a group of individuals that can pass along some of their knowledge about the areas, but I always like to start by painting a picture for our listeners and giving them a little knowledge about each of the areas that we talk with. So why don't we start off with a background on the group itself. Can we talk a little bit about Global Tampa Bay and what it means to our listeners? Certainly. Global Tampa Bay was formed in 2014 uh, by combining the efforts of three counties in the Tampa Bay area, Pasco County, Pinellas, and Hillsborough. By working together, we're able to provide better services to the companies in the area and to potential foreign direct investment firms as well. So we, we do marketing together. We also make sure that we um, put together these excellent trade missions to bring our companies overseas and expose them to potential buyers for their products and services. So we've been to markets all over the world and uh, we pool our resources and our staff time and, and get the job done. To kind of dive in specifically, you're with Pinellas County Economic Development. Can you provide our listeners with a little background on Pinellas County? 
Most of your listeners think of us as a tourism mecca with our white beaches. Uh, the St. Pete Clearwater area is well known for just as a beach destination, as an arts and culture destination. What even our residents don't know sometimes is that we're also the headquarters for three Fortune 500 companies, Raymond James, Tech Data, and Jable. Uh, we're also one of the largest manufacturing uh, sectors in Florida with th- over 32,000 jobs in manufacturing right here, primarily in defense, aerospace, aviation, and uh, medical devices. And then on top of that, insurance and financial services of all kinds. We have a very diverse economy. So, Steve, I'm a little bit familiar with Tampa Bay as I worked on a project it was probably more than 10 years ago. Uh, it was with Dollar General, and we got to attend a great football game at the Outback Bowl, and I, I really enjoyed our time out there. Why don't you tell our listeners about Tampa Bay? I'm glad to hear that, and uh, if you were here 10 years ago, you should come back now and, and see what all has happened in, in Hillsborough County and in our entire region. You know, As you know, Hillsborough County is the, the home of uh, the city of Tampa, uh, we're also home of University of South Florida, University of Tampa, um, and we've got a branch campus of uh, St. Leo University here. And, uh, you know, historically, our, our strong industry, just like Mike mentioned about Pinellas, strong in, in the financial services industry, what has really picked up steam in the last few years is manufacturing, distribution, and logistics. And, you know, we, we have found ourselves to be a uh, a leader in uh, information technology as well. Now, although that's, you know, I'm speaking from Hillsborough County, you know, that's representative of our entire region. The entire region is really booming right now. When you look at population flows and all the other measures, that disguise the limit for all of Tampa Bay. That's great. Now, Bill, you're from Pasco, and I know it has a lot of great benefits also. What could one of our listeners expect by locating a facility in Pasco? Yeah, so Pasco, we're the, we're the northernmost county of the three counties making up the region. So we border both Pinellas and Hillsborough. And historically, we were known as a bedroom community. Uh, with that, we had always provided a lot of workforce for our neighboring counties. And over the years, as our quality of life has increased, we've seen a lot of businesses that said, you know, why don't we expand to be closer to our workforce? And working together with our partners, we're providing not just a place for someone to grow, but working together with some of the regional assets that were mentioned earlier, like our universities and schools, but also our our ports and our airport. We all share these regional assets. And when we come together and look at uh, whether it's land or whether it's the things, the tools and resources that it takes for businesses to be successful, we found that we actually had more in common than we did. But we do have a lot of land and workforce, which um, a lot of places in Florida, if you have land, you probably don't have the workforce. And if you've got the workforce, you probably don't have the land. So we're in a really nice spot to be able to grow. And our our targets and our industries are very similar. And as Steve mentioned, because we share these assets and because we share a workforce, clusters are pretty regional. Most of our targets are going to be similar. I think the one exception you might see in our area is there's still some focus on ag tech because this part of Florida was rich in farming, cattle farming, citrus, and things like that will come to mind. But now um, food, food processing, food technology, all is starting to um, become that much more important that it's within reach to our population. And it's an industry in itself. So that, that might be the one exception 
that we have here and then just being a, a little bit further north, we're, we're a little closer to that southeast market. So some distribution centers are starting to look up this way as well. You know, Bill, I think that's awesome. Our sister company, GSLI, Global Side Location Industries, we work with over 100 companies each year in helping them expand, relocate, find locations. One of the biggest topics is workforce. I mean, every single company is is struggling to find a capable, not only capable, but sustainable workforce for their futures. Sounds like you guys have a good grasp on that. Yeah, it's it's not just that talent pipeline for the future, but keep in mind, Florida is one of the most moved to states right now in the United States. Our region has about 180 people a day moving just to the Tampa Bay region. The state itself has about 1,200 people a day. So we're getting well over 10% of that regional or that in-migration. And most of those people, as you can imagine, they're moving from places that are either colder or um, have higher tax burdens, but then Internationally, we've got a lot of companies that look to move here because of familiarity and ease of access to enter into this market, as well as being able to springboard into the the Latin American market. So workforce is the most important thing to us. We share it. Workforce doesn't doesn't pay attention to our county boundaries by any means. They cross them all day long. So we share that asset, and we're all very proud of it, I'm sure. That's all. I mean, that's so powerful. I'm glad you shared that. So the team here at Global Trade Magazine, man, we were really excited when you guys, uh, when we heard you guys were a recipient of one of our America's Best Global Cities Awards, and you received your award, as I mentioned, for most capable, connected, and logistically versatile ports in the country. Now, I know that the port's an important economic engine for the area, but it's obvious there's so much more. So I'd like to expand on that and let our listeners learn a little more and how and why Tampa Bay region has become such a powerhouse for globally-minded companies. Steve, why don't we start with you? It seems every growing company nowadays is thinking global. They're becoming more globally-minded. Can you tell us what makes Tampa Bay a leader in global trade? Two of our biggest assets that have been mentioned already is uh, America's favorite airport, Tampa International Airport, as well as Port Tampa Bay. You know, it's just a, a little known fact that usually grabs people people's ears when you say that, you know, actually Port Tampa Bay is, is Tampa's largest port by, by land size. So that means that even even though we're we're really successful now, there's a lot of available land for uh, more companies to to come to and locate right at the port. What's driving that that success is you know one we're we're in Florida. We are close to uh, Central America, to Mexico, to to South America. So we are a alternate gateway to that region. Also, you know, you think of the northern states as as the steel states, but we're actually Florida's largest steel steel handling port. You know, there's a lot of ancillary industries and, and companies that that come along with that. You know, we're we're shipping those goods. We have a very diverse list of different products that are that are coming in and out of the port. You know, when you've got population growing, state of Florida became the the third largest state in the country not too long ago. And uh, you know, we all need our stuff. Companies need their stuff. Individuals need their stuff. No more can you say uh, they'll be delivered in six to eight weeks. Everybody wants it now. So that means uh, more cargo coming through the port and, uh, you know, more jobs, more companies, all that is driving it. You know, it's amazing also with that kind of growth, you'd expect growing pains. But Tampa Bay has got quite a reputation for its success with the port. What do you think differentiates Tampa Bay from competing 
ports from other states. The fact that they've been diversified since day one, they don't have all their eggs in one basket where a lot of the other ports are solely focused on container shipping and TEUs because of the fact that this was a break bulk port to begin with and shipped a lot of phosphate and, and of course, citrus. We've been able to, to have a variety of different types of industries and different type of vessel calls that called the Port of Tampa and not got involved in that um, race for TEUs because those container ships can add and subtract calls very easily and very quickly Whereas if you're looking at break bulk and some of those commodities that aren't so easy to, to move, it's difficult for a, a phosphate company who's mining here locally to shift and ship out of another port. So we've been able to have sustainability with some really great tenants and then adding containers, adding passenger service as well as refrigerated service has all diversified the port's capabilities here. We don't have a centralized state-funded port like our neighbors in South Carolina and Georgia. And all of our ports uh, have done very well, but each have carved out a, a niche. Tampa is probably the most diverse out of all of them that we can handle all different types of cargo. Okay, so you guys... And we've, we've actually grown our uh, container port traffic in the recent years by putting in two large gantry cranes that actually are on the unit train uh, rail siding. So we can unload containers directly onto flat cars and get them to the eastern half of the country very easily in 100-car trains, all be available right there on that siding. And then on top of that, you can go directly from the port onto I-4, onto I-75, onto I-95. You can reach the entire country without hitting a single stop stoplight straight from the port. So uh, it's easy connection for land, sea, and air. Yeah, no, that's very important, especially with uh, the regulations and drive times of trucking and all that uh, making an impact on that industry. That's really key, being able to get to a place quick and efficiently. So you guys talked about industries, and you kind of spoke to some of the various industries that have clustered there, and I think that's important for companies to know there's other companies that are that are being successful. Can we talk a little bit about up-and-coming industries in the Tampa Bay beyond the ports and how Tampa Bay's reputation as an international region has really impacted this industry growth? Well, a lot of our industries have international connections, and one of the biggest uh, sectors here that is our defense and security, uh, we actually, McDill Air Force Base in Tampa is the home to Central Command, which uh, oversees all activity, military activity in the Middle East, so they're very busy. Special Operations Command is also based there, and they obviously support CENTCOM and, and the rest of the world. Military leaders from 34 different nations are based at McDill and work alongside our generals every day. So that is instantly a connection to the rest of the world. As such, because of these central commands and SOCOM being here, we have a strong defense, aviation, and aerospace industry sector here that SOCOM has their own purse so they can buy directly from local companies without going through the rest of DOD's process. 
and as such, a lot of our local firms are uh, you know selling especially to uh, special ops. A lot of black box stuff going on here, and a lot of the major primes are in this area. We have design centers for General Dynamics and GE Aviation. Uh, we have major production facilities for Raytheon, Lockheed, um, L3, Honeywell. So the, the, you know all the major primes have major facilities here, and uh, we take advantage of that. The uh, other thing we have because of, again, the, uh, the base is a strong emphasis on cybersecurity, great programs at our university to help forward research in that area so we can protect our defense community as well as the banking community and everyone else here. It's a, it's a huge issue for everybody these days. Uh, we have a very strong financial and professional services. We really are Wall Street South. Most Wall Street firms have a presence here, have major operations here. DTCC is a company that does most of the uh, Transact financial transactions for the country. Uh, you know, trillions of dollars flow through their databases uh, every day. So it's an amazing organization. But that's the kind of of uh, skills that we have to have in this area too, as people who can deal with data analytics, deal with uh, cybersecurity, just all manner of controlled financial transactions. And then the insurance industry um, actually is related to that. They're here and they take advantage of, especially of our data analytics degrees at our universities. IT, of course, every organization uses information technology now, so we, we have some specialized IT companies and a lot of upstart tech firms that are, are doing extremely well in our, in our downtown cores especially. Another area is the life sciences and medical devices. We've got major uh, facilities of Bristol-Myers Squibb, Johnson & Johnson, Amgen, Baxter and & Bausch and & Loam also have facilities in the area. Medical devices that uh, work again together with our universities and Johns Hopkins, the uh, Baltimore school, has actually uh, purchased our children's hospital here in Pinellas County and just finished and occupied a 280,000 square foot um, research center. And they are doing both clinical and primary research, and many devices are going to come out of that research in the future. And then finally, just advanced manufacturing of all kinds. We've a lot of it's defense and medical related but it's uh, also electric distribution systems and just uh, transportation equipment, you name it. We build boats here. We build build uh, specialized vehicles. We build sensor devices, uh, aviation, avionics, uh, just a little bit of everything. You know, with that kind of diversity, it's I can't even imagine the responsibility put on your all shoulders, you know, for meeting today's current economic trends. But more importantly, preparing yourself for unpredictable economic shifts in the future. How do you guys go about handling that? I'll share with you that long list of industries that Mike just shared with us. If, if you recognize there's a potential for a lot of collisions of ideas and some of those business disruptions coming together just by nature, a lot of them are going to be IT-related or innovation-related making sure that we've got the talent for that future generation and more importantly that we have the ground the soil conditions that uh, companies can land here and grow even for technologies or innovations or industries that may not yet be invented uh, is a focus and it is something that we're all collectively working on in terms of making sure our workforce is ready for the future and having that talent pipeline 
ready to go. But with each of us being in the economic development business, we have access to a lot of B2B contacts and making sure that we're a conduit for a lot of those conversations, that those collisions of ideas and industries can come about makes us much more competitive. We're, we're not siloed. We're not trying to keep that information and that technology behind county lines and instead working together to, to promote that cross-collaboration, not just of ourselves, but of our industries. And I think that's something that, uh, as far as the future goes, is going to allow us to be able to quickly pivot when there's new ideas and be able to capture new types of industry and innovation. That's great. And we talked earlier also about, you know, the success of the port, having the international airport there. And if I'm a company, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at locating a facility and I really am either heavily involved in international trade or really want to get involved in international trade, can you talk about some of the current initiatives you guys have to promote international trade? That was really the the beginning of uh, Global Tampa Bay was built around that international trade. We all want to focus on building relationships and having relationships with uh, companies of all sizes, all industries in our, our region. One of the biggest things that we can do to help them is uh, we arrange these export missions and take them to introduce them to markets that maybe they have little history with or, or no history at all and they've never exported anything. And and we've had great success with that. Just in the last year, we've taken groups of companies to uh, Brazil, to Chile, to Panama. We've got a nice slate of trips coming up this year as well. What if I'm a local company and uh, I'm just now hearing or, or finding out, which I'm sure you've educated a lot of them about this, what if I wanted to get involved in one of those missions? How, what steps would I take? There's actually a, an opportunity to sign up right there on the website. We'll, we'll contact you directly. We, before every mission, we, we have an opportunity to, for the companies to come and talk directly to our staff and in many times to commercial services staff from overseas to get a feel for the market we're planning on going to. Say we're, we're going to Panama City, Panama. We'll bring in folks from the post, from the consulate right there in Panama. They'll talk about the industries that have the most success uh, selling into that marketplace, what the biggest uh, needs are of local businesses for uh, products and services, and we just help match up the companies here locally with the buyers um, overseas. And the beauty of it is, you know, the post, if you're interested, you sign up, you provide the information on your product or service, and the post goes back and looks in that local marketplace and determines whether they can get enough appointments for you to make it worth your while. And if they do, they come back to you and say, yes, we can, we can make this successful for you. And the beauty of it is you get, you know, you pay for your airfare and your hotel, but when you get there, you get a translator, you get a car, you get the appointments made for you. All you have to do is show up and sell your product. I'd also add to encourage uh, companies to call us, even if they uh, want to go to a country and we don't have a mission going at that time, each of our organizations work together with our staff to provide export counseling for those companies to, one, make sure they're ready to go to these markets and do the due diligence. But the U.S. Commercial Service that Mike was referring to will work with individual companies as well. So if we have a one-off that uh, may not want to go to Panama with us in the spring, but they want to go to uh, Mexico City, uh, we can work directly with the post to get them squared away with almost a, a mini mission just for themselves. 
with a similar type of scenario where they're, they land and they're able to make sales almost immediately with those one-on-one pre-screened, pre-qualified appointments. That's just tremendous. That's a great opportunity. I, I know a lot of communities around the country don't even have access to or, or even offer. So I'm sold, guys. I, you know, and As we wrap up here, I think it's important if one of our listeners um, are out there listening and they want to maybe take a look at an opportunity of locating their facility there and doing business in the region, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? That would be our website at www.globaltampabay.com. has all the information you need on our export program and uh, the grant opportunities and foreign direct investment. It's all right there. Mike, Steve, Bill, I want to thank each of you for taking the time out of your valuable day to spend time with our listeners and share with us your expertise on Tampa Bay region and sharing with us what makes it one of America's best global regions. Thank you so much, Eric. We're glad to be part of it. Till we meet again, I'm Eric Kleinsword signing off and saying goodbye till we meet again on another episode of Going Global with America's Best Cities. You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google. Number one by Google.